the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. If you missed hour number one, I lauded AOC and Ilhan Omar for their revolutionary and I think foolproof solution to all these shootings, like the one that took the life of Jalen Walker in Akron, the man who fled from police and was shot, not 60 times, by the way, 46 wounds in Jalen Walker. You say, well, that's hardly exonerates the police, Bruce. Huh? Eight officers, 46 shots. You're taught to shoot until your gun is empty, until the threat is dissipated. Uh, By the way, Jalen Walker was uh, not pulled over, not chased for an equipment violation on his car. Turns out, according to uh, the Akron FOP, who spoke to the officers who are involved in the shooting, uh, Jalen Walker fled from police that night once before, and they gave up pursuit of Jalen Walker for the equipment violation. They then pursued him a second time when he returned to the neighborhood where his car was first spotted and his car had been in a chase with police the day before. See, all these things don't get reported right away. But back to the AOC Ilhan Omar brilliance. Did you see them yesterday at the Supreme Court being led away in imaginary handcuffs? Yes, imaginary handcuffs. They were not handcuffed, but they had their hands behind their back as if they were handcuffed. Now, I have always said that people like Michael Brown and Rayshard Brooks and Trayvon Martin and Jalen Walker end up dead because they foolishly think that fleeing police will end with a good result. Fleeing police will not end with a good result, even if you get away, because you will then be wanted on more charges than you were originally stopped for because it is illegal to flee from police. And I have always said, if you get out of your car, put your hands on top of your head, nothing bad will happen to you. But AOC and Ilhan Omar have taken it a step further. They handcuffed themselves and walked away after being detained for blocking traffic at the Supreme Court. So I hope this is a lesson to the youth of America that the next time a police officer stops you, don't don't even make him get his handcuffs out. Just, just put your hands behind your back and start walking away. And you can fist pump on-looking bystanders who are applauding your... Uh, Stand for justice, if you like. Just return your hands back to the unthreatening position where Ilhan Omar and AOC did yesterday. Now, as heroic as Ilhan Omar and AOC are, I would be remiss if I did not reflect upon a true American hero named Elisha Dickin. Elisha Dickin is the 22-year-old Seymour, Indiana man who single-handedly, and it's not often that that word is used and it's accurate, but in this case, it is absolutely accurate, single-handedly, took down a mass shooter at the Greenwood Park Mall on Sunday night. We would have had 
another unspeakable number of deaths, I believe, if that shooter had not himself been shot and killed by Elisha Dickens. Shortly after the shooter emerged from a mall restroom carrying a long gun, which he did use to kill three people. But imagine, this kid's 22 years old, clean cut. I've seen his picture, clean cut kid. I'm going to guarantee you, I'm going to guarantee you, this kid is a, a kid whose faith in God will come to light as soon as we know more details about him. I'm just going to guarantee you that, okay? I read a story today quoting his 19-year-old girlfriend who was with him at the mall who he moved to the side and told to get down before he braced himself against a pole and fired his handgun that he had concealed in his belt legally. Remember all the uh, hullabaloo in Ohio about the stand-your-ground law and about the law that now allows everyone of age to legally carry a weapon in the state of Ohio, how these two laws were ill-conceived and would lead to unspeakable numbers of deaths. Remember that? Well, in Indiana, they have the same two laws. They have the stand-your-ground law, which means you don't have to retreat when you perceive someone to be a threat. You can engage them. Because without that, as crazy as it sounds, the family of the mass shooter could have advocated for charges and or civil damages against Elisha Dickin for shooting the shooter. But the stand your ground law enables Elisha Dickin to do exactly what he did, dissipate the threat. Now here is the police chief of Greenwood, Indiana, talking about Elisha Dickin and what he did to save lives on Sunday night at the mall. I personally didn't speak to him. Um, I did watch the video, the surveillance video, which captured um, pretty much the entire incident. I will say um, his actions were nothing short of heroic. Um, he engaged the, the gunman from quite a distance with a handgun. Uh, was very proficient in that, very tactically sound. And as he moved to uh, close in on the suspect, he was also motioning for people to exit behind him. Um, he has, to our knowledge, uh, he has no police training and no uh, military background. Amazing. 30 to 40 yards away, braced himself against the pole. He was standing at the cookie counter at the food court heard and saw the guy shooting, and immediately reacted. A good guy with a gun. It always ends, a shooting does, with a good guy with a gun. Sometimes it's a cop. Sometimes it's later, much later, too late, in the case of the Uvalde cops. But it always ends, usually, well, I say it usually ends, with a good guy with a gun. And yet, and yet... The left cannot stand the whole good guy with a gun narrative. They are not happy about Elisha Dickin because Elisha Dickin is the kind of clean-cut, brave, courageous, gallant, 
person who they despise. Here is uh, Indiana professor of law, Jody Madera. I'm glad this guy was stopped, but these types of incidents make it very difficult for people who do this kind of work and research because you assume it's way more common than it is. What do assumptions have to do with your research? Like, why are you even factoring in assumptions? Just give us the data. Like, for instance, you could talk about the Colorado church shooting in 2007 where a good guy with a gun killed a shooter. Or the church shooting in Texas in 2019 where the guy with a pickup truck chased the shooter from the church and shot him, killed him. Or you could talk about, uh, was it Philadelphia, 2014? Psychiatrist in a hospital had a gun. Shot and uh, neutralized, didn't kill him, but shot and neutralized the gun. Those stories are, are they, are they less preferable to stories like Highland Park or Uvalde or Buffalo? Jody Madera? Would you rather hear 10, 20, 30 victims? Would that, would that make it better for you? Here's another anti-gun guy, Paul Helmke, past president of the Brady Campaign to Prevent Gun Violence. This worked out right yesterday in terms of what the good guy with the gun did. What didn't work out right yesterday is that a bad guy with a gun killed three people first. That's always the catch. Um, what are the two... <laughs> You're you're using the bad guy with the gun to detract from the heroism of the good guy with the gun? Right? That's that's your logic? Sure, the good guy with the gun came to the rescue, but there was a bad guy with a gun. Yes. Yes, there was a bad guy with a gun and multiple high high number of magazines with him. With the intention to kill many more people than he killed. And you're using the existence of a shooter to criticize the presence of a hero? This worked out right yesterday in terms of what the good guy with a gun did. What didn't work out right yesterday is that a bad guy with a gun killed three people first. That's always the catch. It might be the single stupidest conflation of one thing with another that I've ever heard. You're minimizing the actions of this 22-year-old kid who all he was was there on a date with his 19-year-old girlfriend to get a cookie. And he hears gunshots and he sees people falling dead. And he has the presence of mind to move his girlfriend behind him and motion for other people to get out of the way and brace himself against a pole and in seconds take down the shooter. And you say, yeah, but the shooter was there. The shooter was there. Now, this just proves that you cannot reason with idiots. You cannot. It's pointless. Hey, great job, Cincinnati and El Paso, Texas, FBI. They have rescued an Ohio teenager 
who was found with her kidnapper at a Texas bus station. She's 15. She's from Hillsboro, Ohio. Uh, this dude ought to go to prison for 35 years or more. Arrested at a bus station in Texas. Uh, he has been federally charged with one count of intent to engage in illicit, illicit conduct with a minor. He'll be extradited to the Southern District of Ohio. Human trafficking is one of those widespread problems in our state that I think people don't understand fully, even partially, and assume is something that is common to third world countries or big cities. But the fact is that Ohio ranks very high in human trafficking activity because of the proximity of many of the freeways in the state of Ohio, which then transition into rural areas quite quickly, affording people who grab human trafficking victims and then plunge them into a life of desperation, drug addiction, and prostitution and worse. So anytime they can get somebody who is engaged in that kind of activity, man, put that dude away for the longest period of time you can possibly do it. Now, what will happen to this 27-year-old illegal alien who raped and impregnated the 10-year-old girl that led to all this national attention? Because the left has tried to use this as, oh, see see how Ohio's abortion law is so intolerant because a 10-year-old girl is pregnant and she can't get an abortion and she was raped. Okay, well, when the Ohio General Assembly gets back in session later this year, they are going to attempt to, because they're politicians, I'm never going to give them the assumption that they'll get it right, but they're going to attempt to tidy up the heartbeat bill. And the question is, will they make exceptions for rape or incest? Uh, Senate President Matt Huffman says these cases are relatively rare, but they need to be addressed as specifically as possible so that the people involved The medical professionals have a clear direction about what to do. I think he's absolutely right on that. It was interesting. I saw a tweet while I was gone of someone minimizing this situation as in 2020, 521 minors got an abortion in Ohio including 52 who were younger than 15. And the person was like, well, it's only 52. That's one a week. That's one a week. Under 15 years of age, getting an abortion. Now, here's the cold, hard truth of this case involving the 10-year-old. Imagine this had happened before the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. She would have gone, gotten her abortion, and none of us would have ever heard about it. And because the mom of the girl, who is uh, 10 years old and was pregnant before her abortion in Indiana, because the mom has said that the guy did nothing wrong, because he also got the mom pregnant and he's been living with the mom, 
the entirety of us finding out about and this person being held responsible for his actions would have hinged upon the abortion provider in the state of Ohio reporting that I, hey, I got a 10-year-old here. Do you want to hang your hopes of him being arrested and convicted on an abortion doctor calling attention to the fact that a 10-year-old came to her and got an abortion? No, they're not going to shout that abortion. They're not going to talk about that. They're going to keep that on the down low. So, in some respects, these kinds of cases, while the left tries to use them as an indicator of how intolerant and intractable Ohio's abortion law is, without the heartbeat bill in the state of Ohio, where the girl and her mom, erroneously, it appears, believe they had to go out of state to get an abortion, we never would have known it. And this guy who got her pregnant would have merrily gone on with his life. And do we think that he wouldn't have abused her as she continued to grow into, I mean, she's still a girl. She's not, even, she's not even close to being a woman right now. So while this case is being portrayed as, oh, look how evil Ohio's law is. She couldn't get an abortion. What kind of torture, what kind of mental anguish, what kind of physical pain has she been spared at the hands of this guy who was willing to rape her when she was nine years old twice? What do you think? Oh, well, you know, she's 11 now. She's 12 now. I got to keep my hands off of her now. You really think that's how it would have gone? I don't. I don't think any sane person would think that's how it's gone. So when I see bylines on stories from two of the Columbus Dispatch's chief leftist assassins, Haley B. Miller and Anna Staver, as if evil Republicans will make no exceptions for rape or incest in their abortion ban. They don't even have the presence of mind to understand that if they got this to go the way they want it to go, unfettered abortion all the way up to birth, the, on average, one 15-year-old or younger a week who was getting an abortion in the state of Ohio. Do we hear about those arrests? Did we? I didn't hear about them. Do you see headlines? So-and-so arrested for getting a girl pregnant under the age of 15. Do you see that happen? No, you don't see that happen. Why? Because when abortion was easily accessible in the state of Ohio, the abortion providers were not going to call attention to this kind of an emotional story that would move people to say, hey, hey, this is not right. This is a problem. we got to deal with this. And it's really not for our benefit that we know these things. It's for the benefit of the girls who keep ending up in this situation. I can't even imagine what that 10-year-old girl has been through. But what she's been through is not even close to what she would have been put through if this guy hadn't been found out when he was found out. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.